The first reading for the Wednesday of Invocabit is from the book of the Exodus, the 24th chapter. Then the Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain and be there, and I will give you tablets of stone and the law and the commandments which I have written, that you may teach them. So Moses arose with his assistant Joshua, and Moses went up to the mountain of God. And he said to the elders, Wait here for us until we come back to you. Indeed, Aaron and Hur are with you. If any man has a difficulty, let him go to them. Then Moses went up into the mountain, and a cloud covered the mountain. Now the glory of the Lord rested on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it six days. And on the seventh day he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. The sight of the glory of the Lord was like a consuming fire on top of the mountain in the eyes of the children of Israel. So Moses went into the midst of the cloud and went up into the mountain. And Moses was on the mountain forty days and forty nights. O Lord, have mercy upon us. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the twelfth chapter. Then some of the scribes and Pharisees answered, saying, Teacher, we want to see a sign from you. But he answered and said to them, An evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign, and no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh will rise up in the judgment with this generation and condemn it, because they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and indeed a greater than Jonah is here. The queen of the south will rise up in the judgment with this generation and condemn it, for she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon, and indeed a greater than Solomon is here. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finds none. Then he says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it empty, swept, and put in good order. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. So shall it also be with this wicked generation. While he was still talking to the multitudes, Behold, his mother and brothers stood outside, seeking to speak with him. Then one said to him, Lord, your mother and your brothers are standing outside, seeking to speak with you. But he answered and said to the one who told him, Who is my mother, and who are my brothers? And he stretched out his hand toward his disciples and said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. 
O Lord, have mercy upon us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Then some of the scribes and Pharisees answered, saying, Teacher, we want to see a sign from you. But he answered and said to them, An evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign, and no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh will rise up in the judgment with this generation and condemn it, because they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And indeed, a greater than Jonah is here. The Queen of the South will rise up in the judgment with this generation and condemn it, for she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon, and indeed, a greater than Solomon is here. This is the word of the Lord. The people of Israel did not ask for signs, but they received them. The Lord performed many signs and wonders for them from the arrival of Moses as spokesman through the days of the prophets. But there is something different in the demand voiced by the scribes and Pharisees that causes Jesus to remark, an evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign. Perhaps it is the motivation behind desiring a sign that matters. Recall that the judge Gideon asked for a sign from the Lord not once, but twice. And on neither occasion did the Lord respond in chastisement or in judgment. The apostles themselves sighed with Gideon. St. John writes, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. St. Paul also writes, Test all things. Hold fast what is good. However, in the case of Gideon, the apostles, and other pious figures through Bible history, the point is not a sign as proof, as evidence to sway and to convince. The point of requesting signs by the pious is to confirm the word of God. Gideon trusts in the Lord and in his promises, and asks by his request only that the Lord would affirm his word and promise in the face of Gideon's faith. Likewise, the apostles in their exhortations assume a living faith that trusts in God and wishes only to see the confirmation of the same faith. Even the demand for signs by so-called doubting Thomas are of this pious nature, born from faith, that will not accept anything less than the fulfillment of God's promises by his own hand. What it all comes down to is the word of God, and a belief or a disbelief of it, an acceptance and consequent submission in faith, 
or a rejection and consequent opposition to it in unbelief. Gideon, the apostles, even the Israelites all believed, even as they, like all who believe, do so weakly. The greatest sign the Israelites received was not the divine fire. It was not the Red Sea waters opening up before them. It was not the sun standing still or the multiple victories they claimed over their enemies. It was the law given upon tablets of stone. This law is the word of God, which is physically present with God's people and is itself the person of Christ. The scribes and Pharisees make a demand born of unbelief. It is, in fact, the same temptation made by Satan in the wilderness. If you are who you say you are, prove it to us. Their words ring out similarly at the crucifixion. Let the Christ, the King of Israel, descend now from the cross that we may see and believe. These who seek signs as compelling evidence truly are an adulterous generation because they have married themselves to another God. No sign would give them fulfillment because they are a generation who has already made up their minds that what is presented to them is false. They are so afraid of being taken in that they cannot be taken out of their own intellectual prison. Jesus' response is, therefore, the same response that Abraham gives to Dives. They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rise from the dead. The greatest sign was given long ago on Sinai's heights, the divine word whose fulfillment was promised. The sign is made manifest in the flesh of Christ, dead and risen, the sign of Jonah come to its end and fulfillment as intended. All the signs of the scriptures stand before you in Christ if you have the eyes to see and the heart to believe. What more of a sign is required from the Lord for his people? For he has sent forth the fulfillment of all other signs. The wicked and the adulterous generation of today gazes still with eyes made blind only by willful disbelief. Be not one of them. Be instead the brothers, sisters, and mothers of the Lord who cling to him in faith. Gaze upon your sign, born from the Ark of the Covenant and tabernacling among his people, a word now hanging in death as the fulfillment of signs. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. 
Lord, have mercy. Amen.